This is a Bible teaching podcast from www.lumen.org.uk. That's L U M I N.org.uk. The presenter is Jeff Lumley. Hello, and uh, we're starting uh, another new series this time, which will um, run concurrently with the series on the Lord's Prayer, uh, just to give variation to what we think about as we go through these podcasts. And this one is, we're going to be looking at Romans, at least Romans chapter 1. And today we're going to look at just the first uh, six verses, which read, Paul a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who, as to his human nature, was a descendant of David, and who, through the spirit of holiness, was declared with power to be the Son of God by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him and for his name's sake, we received grace and apostleship to call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. And you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. (coughs) There's only three sentences in all of that. Paul is notorious for writing very long sentences. And sometimes we get a little bit tied up in all the clauses and sub-clauses. But let's try and take them. Uh, one at a time and, and see where we go. So the first few words says Paul, this is who's writing this, and Romans is written to the church in Rome, which was mainly a Gentile church. There would, of course, been some Jews there, but mainly these are people who are not from a Jewish background. But Paul writes, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. Now that word servant in Greek is actually slave. He, was, he is really saying, I belong, I am owned by, I am not my own, I was bought with a price. I am Jesus's. In the same way as the slave you see in the street following their master belongs to that master, I belong to Jesus. And he says Christ Jesus, and Christ isn't a name, it's a title, it's the Greek version of the Hebrew word Messiah, I belong to Messiah Jesus. So now he's saying to this Gentile church, the Jesus that you know about and the Jesus I preach about is the Messiah that the Jews have been waiting for. So in those few words, he said, you better get to know the stuff about the Messiah. You'd better get to know the Jewish scriptures, which we now call the Old Testament, because this is the person we're talking about. So five words a servant of Christ Jesus, and suddenly we've got to read the whole Old Testament. Suddenly we've got to understand that you just don't just follow him, you belong to him. And he goes on, it's more than that, I'm called to be an apostle. Now an apostle is actually the foundation, one of the foundations of the church, Uh, Revelation tells us this revelation 21 verse 14 says the wall of the city of the new jerusalem had 12 foundations and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the lamb we could probably debate what those 12 names are who are the 12 apostles well paul is clearly saying he is one of them and we can presume that judas isn't 
But there was another one at the beginning of Acts who was appointed to replace Judas, uh, who then fades out of the picture, as indeed do most of the others in terms of Scripture. But Paul is clearly saying, I am called to be an apostle. And I think I'm personally someone who doesn't believe there can be apostles today because I think the ministry of apostleship is the foundation of the church. Didn't Jesus say to Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. You are a foundation of my church. And what he actually meant by that is, again, perhaps not saying that Peter is the one uh, that is the foundation, but Peter's statement of faith is what gives us the foundation. But it's the apostles that show us what to build on. And it's the apostles that are therefore We build on what they teach us. And everything we do should be based on the revelation of Jesus given to us through the apostles in the Holy Bible. Called to be an apostle. Absolutely clear. And set apart for the gospel of God, for the good news of God. Interesting he says the gospel of God here and not the gospel of Jesus, which is what is said in many other parts of the New Testament. But Paul is set apart for this. He is really saying here, this is my special bit of the mission. My mission is set apart for the gospel. I am an evangelist. I have to bring people to the good news and to God through the good news. Are we all set apart for the gospel? We're certainly not all apostles. Whatever you believe about apostleship, we're not all apostles. Are we all set apart for the gospel? Well, in different ways, yes. In the way Paul means here, probably no, because his entire life was preaching the gospel. And there are evangelists today who do nothing other than preach the gospel and their income even comes from people giving to them so that they can preach the gospel. They are set apart for the preaching of the gospel. We're all set apart to reflect Jesus. We're all set apart to be the image of Jesus. What is it we are, you are, particularly set apart for and to what extent does your life reflect that or have you forgotten it? It's a good thing to reflect on. What am I set apart for? Then in a sort of parenthesis, he says, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son. So this Good news is what was promised in the Jewish scriptures in what we call the Old Testament. It's there. And you really need to know the New Testament in able to be able to see this in the Old Testament. Because otherwise you get bogged down in what the Old Testament is doing in terms of its history or its poetry. But once you understand the gospel message, you begin to read the Old Testament. Oh, it's there. It's there. Oh, I can see this. Oh, but we need to know the gospel in order to spot the gospel, if you see what I mean, in the Holy Scriptures. But Paul is clearly saying this is there. It's promised. It's coming. And the first promise was way back in Genesis 3, uh, when God says um, 
the seed of the woman is going to destroy you, serpent. The seed of the woman is going to be your downfall. That's the beginning glimpse of the gospel. And a bit later, God clothes Adam and Eve in in robes, in robes of animal skin, which means he'd sacrificed animals. There was no death before this moment. There was no dying before this moment. No animal had ever shed its skin before this moment. God sacrificed animals. These were the first creatures on earth to die in order that their skin may become covering for Adam and Eve, who would have probably stood there with blood dripping down them. And God saw in that the sacrifice of Jesus. This is the gospel promised way back from Genesis 3 and throughout the Jewish scriptures, throughout the Old Testament. And all the way through, it's about Jesus. Those are two examples from Genesis 3, clearly about Jesus, who becomes revealed to be God's son. And we see that again in glimpses in the Old Testament. We see it in Jesus' teaching in the Gospels. But this is interesting what Paul says in a moment. Firstly, he says, though, as to his human nature, he was a descendant of David, as the Messiah has to be according to the Scriptures. He has to be in David's line. He has to inherit David's throne. But who through the power, who through the spirit of holiness was declared with power, to be the Son of God by his resurrection from the dead. So Paul is saying, although Scripture says he is the Son of God, it is the resurrection from the dead at the, is the moment in which the revelation of that becomes crystal clear. As the Holy Spirit's power raised him from the dead, so it was clear this man was truly the Son of God, is truly the Son of God. And he didn't become the Son of God when he was resurrected. Of course not. That is the moment, it says, who through the Spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the Son of God. It's the moment when, if you like, the Hosanna to the Son of David becomes Hosanna to the Son of God. That's the declaration he was declared to be the son of david and then he's declared to be the son of god and that is who jesus is jesus the messiah our lord our master end of first sentence through him and for his name's sake we i'm meaning we, Paul, and the other apostles, I imagine, received grace and apostleship to call people from among the Gentiles. It's really we, Paul, and the team I've gathered around me. That's our mission through him and for his name's sake. You see, you do not call people to become disciples for their sake, actually, although it does bless them greatly if they will listen. It's for his name's sake. It's because Jesus died for them. It's for his glory. It's for him. Pray that Jesus may get glory when you go out to witness. Pray that Jesus may get glory when you pray for people, when you talk to people. 
It's not about them however nice they are, however lovely they are, however much you really want. It's about Jesus. It's always about Jesus. And Paul's job was to call them from among the nations. <coughs> Excuse me, that's what the word Gentiles means. It's, it's the populace, to call them from the populace who were not Jews, to call them from the world who were not Jews. So Peter went to the Jews, other disciples went, other missionaries went to the Jews to tell the good news. It's all happened, folks. The Old Testament, the scriptures are fulfilled in this man, Jesus. Paul went to the world and thank God he did because he wrote down his message and his message is written largely to those of us who are not Jews and have to have it explained from scratch. We're not brought up learning the Torah. We're not schooled in the Old Testament scriptures as Jewish lads are even to this day in orthodox circles. We have to have it taught to us and Paul does that. That's his great mission, his call to us from among the nations that we may be obedient and that obedience will come from faith obedience that comes from faith as we believe so we obey we've twisted it we've turned it round we've put it on its head you start to do the things of jesus then you can be accepted in this church no i believe in jesus and that will call me, as I grow in faith, to begin to be like Jesus and therefore to obey. Because the will of God is that we may believe Jesus. That's the obedience he's looking for. Final sentence, verse 6. And you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. So he starts off by saying, Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus and he ends by saying you also are among those called to be slaves of Jesus Christ it's a complete harmony I belong to Jesus I am a slave of Jesus you also are called to be a slave of Jesus and that actually means you are giving up your rights. You are giving up your rights to have your own mind on things. You're giving up your own rights to uh, do what you want to do. You are called to belong to Christ Jesus. When Jesus took up his cross, he gave up all his rights to determine his future. He gave up all his rights to walk in public well-clothed. He gave up all his rights not to be spat on, stripped, whipped and nailed to a piece of wood and to die. That is what it means when Paul says we need to take up our own cross. We belong to Jesus in the way he lived his life, allowing this to happen to himself. We come to a point where we say, Lord, you say what I do. You say what I should be for. Now a bit of me says, do you know what, it'd be a lot easier if he did. Because that's not the way he does it. 
He isn't a master who says, at 9 o'clock you do this, at 9.5 you do this, at 9.10 you do this, and if you haven't done this by 9.15, then you, you're in trouble. He simply says, this is what I want you to do. Paul, you're set apart for the gospel of God. Go and tell people the gospel of God. And there will be times when Paul said, well, okay, Lord, uh, I've been doing it here in this city for some time. Do you want me to move on? Or do you want me to stay? And he would have sensed what God was saying. But for the previous months and months and months, he'd just been there telling people the gospel of God. I doubt getting very often revelations about how to do it, where to do it, and why. We know there are stories where he was told he can't go here or he can't go there or he must go here. But it was always to tell the gospel of God. And that was what he was doing anyway. As an obedient servant... Occasionally, God said, now do it over there. And if we are obedient to God, if we belong to Christ Jesus, and if we know what it is we are set apart for, we just get on and do it. And occasionally God will say, go and do it over here. Or occasionally you'll think, I'm not sure this is going quite as it should be. God, should I be doing something different? Just doing it in a different way. What is this season come to an end? <clears throat> do I need to move on to the next thing? But you just get on and do it. He isn't a master who gives you minute-by-minute minute accounts. He's a God who says, this is what you're set apart for. Gave you a brain. Go and do it. Romans chapter 1, verses 1 to 6. Thank you for listening.